passed away. We wanted men. This is actually mine and Jason's like third time recording in a day. <laughs> it's a record. <laughs> Go We're ahead, be, Jason. Yeah, it's a record. We're going to be recording 12 episodes today and we'll be done for the year. Right. <laughs> That'd be, yeah. At least for the summer. Yeah. But yeah, with the, with the, it's been a crazy three weeks with Labor Day and I'm out of town and he's out of town and, and everything. Memorial so day. Memorial Day. I yeah. get that. But anyway, Sorry. Uh, so this is a. Uh, Another hobby talk, we're going to start calling it, with uh, Justin and Jason from Atlanta Vintage Toys uh, that we, we recorded a few weeks ago, and we just kind of stacked a bunch of stuff together so we can have at least three weeks of content, and me and Jason can take some time off and spend some family time together. And uh, Jason, you got anything to say about the episode? Yeah. yeah, this is another perspective on selling toys because Second Chance obviously has the toy shop, a physical presence, but... Justin and Jason, who are just two great friends who decided to get together and start selling toys, they don't have that physical presence except for the booth down in Peachtree. What is it called? Peachtree Peddlers. Pe Peachtree Peddlers. Thank you. Um, and so it's, just, again, it's just a different perspective from that spirit of collecting. And one of the things that I love that Jason does is he's got the Atlanta Vintage Toy logo in different styles. So he might have a G.I. Joe version or Masters of the Universe version and it's just very playful. It's fun. It's, you know, just like the toys themselves. Yeah. And uh, just to, I want to give Jason props. I don't give him enough props, but he did our logo uh, yep. and he's a, he's a pretty awesome graphic designer. So if you, you know, you need some graphic work, uh, look up Jason TK Sparrow uh, on Facebook and I'm sure he'll, he'll hook you guys up and uh, you know, get you some awesome graphic work. Uh, but yeah, Jason and Justin, I've known that I've known Justin for, four or five years and we started the star wars club uh four years ago me and him did after going to celebration and uh yeah he's 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 a good friend both of these guys are good personal friends and uh yeah just hearing their stories is awesome and hearing their perspective on uh collecting and we had some uh audio issues with the technical issues with the with the episode so you'll hear some of that and uh, I think it, you know, we could do a good job of hiding it, but it definitely comes through. But, you know, Zoom Zoom was not being kind to us uh, that night when we recorded. But yeah, uh, it threw us off. Yeah. And it took a it took a hot minute to get into the interview itself. But once we got into it, I think it went really well. And there's a great perspective that they were able to offer and some good stories, great stories that they told. Yeah great stories of the hunt and how to find yep. stuff and stuff that got away. And, yep. you know, it's just, it's a good interview and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And we will be back next week with another exciting episode of the smugglers galaxy podcast. Me and Jason, it'll, it'll be three weeks since three or four weeks since we talked. So it'll, it'll be fun and we'll be back to news and, and things as normal. Thanks for, for listening. Uh, you know, give us a like on uh, iTunes and give us a review. We've been getting a lot of reviews lately. The, the numbers have been improving. So thank you for, for sharing us with your friends and, uh, you know, tag people on our post. If you, you think if somebody's going to like listening to the topic we're, we're doing, tag them and, you know, tell them how awesome we are and, you know, how much you enjoy us. And 
uh, you know, we appreciate that. Uh, it really helps out uh, along the way. On to the, on to the interview. Third time's a charm. Dude, I really hope this third time's going to be a charm, man. We got it. We got it. All right. This is like, I don't know what it is, but we dig people out or we get people and we always have gremlins, but maybe it's the internet or whatever, but uh, hi, it's Glenn. I got <laughs> Jason with me and we are joined tonight by Atlanta Vintage Toys. Jason, TK Sparrow, and Justin Haney. How are you guys doing tonight? Radiant. Doing awesome, man. Awesome. They, they talked to me this time. Yes, it worked. <laughs> the good sign. Yes. <laughs> it's always a breath hold, hold, you know, holding your breath, making sure technology keeps up with you. But uh, yes. how are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're, we're good. It's uh, been a fun evening. Right. Awesome. I got my favorite drink here. What hard are you cider. drinking, Jason? 1911 from upstate New York. It's a hard cider. Nice. It's my last one, so I have to figure out how to get more. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking Shiner, which is my go-to beer. Are you guys, <coughs> Jason and Justin, are y'all drinking anything? Sweet tea. <laughs> uh, I got a little wine left over from uh, dinner. So Awesome. But we're not here to talk booze. We're here to talk toys. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, how did you start Atlanta Vintage Toys? And um, let's start with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of always been selling toys. It's, I, I think it's a creature of habit. The longer you go collecting, you start to accumulate too much stuff. You can't display it all. You might as well, um, you know, kind of, kind of sell up, sell the stuff that you don't have on display or sell, you know, maybe you've upgraded a piece, <clears throat> sell the older one uh, and kind of use that to facilitate, you know, expanding your collection. So um yeah, I guess Atlanta Vintage Toys was kind of, you know, just the brainchild of, of Jason and myself. Um, Jason has experience in, in like retail and selling stuff as well. So um, we just seem to work pretty well together. Uh, Jason's definitely the creative and the, the artistic background uh, between the two of us. And, and I don't know. Yeah, we just kind of hit it off and it works pretty well. Yeah, we should probably preface this with you two are both good friends who both love the emperor who both love star wars toys and vintage toys and i mean it's just a match made made in star wars heaven i guess yeah i mean that's that's right yeah i mean like jason and i we've known each other for a while i um for those of you guys out there that don't know um i own a bar in atlanta so jason and i met through that through um you know just kind of nerdy events and stuff jason obviously with an uh you know the Nicknamed TK, Jason uh, cosplays as a stormtrooper. Um, uh, my wife and I, we cosplay Han and Leia. So, like, we were always running into each other at various events uh, around Dragon Atlanta, Con. Dragon Con. We even, like, met up at uh, Celebration. I think that was even before Jason had really gotten, like, heavy into collecting. Um, it was. <laughs> yeah, one of those older celebrations. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, we both have a, a love for the Emperor. We both have a love for Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia. And... Um, Jason, so so Glenn and I started the club with uh, Shane, and then we brought brought Narayan in the, the the Georgia Alliance Club. We brought Narayan in, and then shortly thereafter, we brought we brought Jason in. And um, you know, I mean, Glenn, you can attest to this. Like since the start of the club, I feel like we, you know, the admins, we talk daily, four oh, yeah. or five times a day. You know, it's constant. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I mean, Jason and I just, you know, we were we were both kind of selling stuff individually, and it was like, man, why don't we just, you know, combine our efforts and and go from there? Uh, so that's that's kind of where 
Atlanta Vintage Toys was born, I guess. And so you guys are doing like pre-1990 toys, right? Just to kind of frame this up for the audience. Well, well, yeah, I think that's what we would like to be. I mean, we've carried some more modern stuff uh, lately, but you can definitely tell our heart and passion is into the vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a there's a fine line you have to run um, when trying to deal with toys. And, and like we don't... Um, we, we have very little overhead. We do mo- the majority of our sales online. Um, majority of our stuff is sold to clients, you know? So like if we get a GI Joe lot in, we know that there's like two people that we immediately know to hit up and like kind of give them first right of refusal. <clears throat> so, you know, we don't have a storefront. We, we operate uh, primarily online and, and through an antique mall uh, called Peachtree Peddlers. Um, so it's, it's a nice place to keep stuff. Um, keep stuff stored. But I, I think the biggest problem with, with doing solely vintage stuff is y- y- there's no promise of when the next collection is going to come your way. You know um, it's, you, you know, it's, it's hard to just guarantee that there's always stock. I mean, we're always hunting for it, but that doesn't always mean you're going to make a deal. And obviously as, as you know, you guys know, Star Wars collectors, since the Disney buyout, anything that has Star Wars on it, people just assume it's worth a million dollars. So you have to educate people as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think in a perfect world, it would always be vintage. I think part of the reason we don't have a storefront is because it's just hard to solely operate off of vintage. You have a really good month. Well, now you got to, um, you know, you got to restock and you can't always just do that. You don't, you don't want to overpay if, if you can help it. Right. Has uh, have not having a storefront, has that kind of helped or hindered you guys as far as like buying collections? Or, you I, know, I think it's, I think it's helped Jason. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think we might have more opportunities if we had a storefront, but I think we've been, been doing pretty darn good. Um, getting our name out and people knowing that we're interested uh the way we've been going so far yeah i mean i think things have changed i think 10 years ago you had to have a storefront maybe maybe even five years ago but we're seeing it all across the country toy stores shutting down and and moving everything online just because they don't need the overhead um i think back in the day it was um much more promising if you had a storefront it made you more legitimate but now your web presence is everything uh, and jason does a really good job uh with that for us so um you know that couple thousand or however much a, a month uh rent you would have to pay i mean you can spend you know a tenth of that and just online marketing and everybody goes to macari now and and facebook marketplace and you know craigslist has been around for a long time so ebay is really easy to search P- people are just smarter about selling collections and stuff so is that where you guys go to get those collections like all those websites or do people contact you through they, just knowing you yeah that, well people have been started contacting us through our facebook page yeah I, I would say the last year we haven't sought out anything man i don't go to estate sales or anything anymore and just let stuff come to i think there's enough stuff coming to us that um I don't really have to do i anything. still do just because i think that stuff's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, so yeah, nothing- I mean, I mean, we get, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we we have to pass on either a because you know they just want too much money, which 
you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a certain type of person that, that sells to somebody like, like us, like Jason and I, like Atlanta vintage toys or, or any other, you know, toy store. Um, it's always going to be more profitable for the person selling. If they sell each item individually, take it to eBay, take it to Facebook, however they want to go about it. But there's a lot of headache. There's whatever personal reasons people have. They can't, they can't wait that long, you know, to, to, to let go of everything. So, I mean, it is work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you, if you've got a hundred items and, and you think they're worth a buck a piece, so you want a hundred dollars, let's say they are worth a buck a piece. They're worth a hundred dollars. Well, you know, it might take me six months to sell those hundred items and, and that there's a cost involved in that, you know? So that's, that's where you kind of have to figure out, um, you know, figure out what you're going to pay. So I guess the, the question was, do we, do, I, I don't think we really seek much stuff out other than our own personal collecting mm-hmm. uh, as far as Atlanta vintage toys buying collections. And so, I mean, we just get, we get hit up um, constantly phone calls and, and emails and facebook messages so. so out of all the toys that you've been getting lately are there any that are just selling faster than you can pro- proverbially metaphorically i guess put them on the shelves like you post it online i have this and they're gone i mean personally i think the joe stuff is like that right now is it i don't know i don't know particularly why um but i just feel like it's something that i'm seeing like uh like we picked up those tiger force vehicles a month ago like i think i posted hey i just scored this slot immediately hey i want that i want that i want that and those tiger force vehicles were immediately gone Uh, you you posted a picture yesterday of that other joe that that we just got a joe lot like two days ago and he just posted a picture of it and one guy just like went through and was like, all right, I want, and like listed off like 30 things that he wanted. And Jason was like, this wasn't a claim post. I was just like, you know, we bought a new collection, like, but I, I still think we sold a bunch of that guy. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. The Joe stuff is hot. And, and to be honest, like I let Jason handle that. I, I, we kind of, we kind of work well together in that. Um, we kind of each have our thing that we've, um, you know, either, either we've collected it a lot in the past, so we've already got some prior knowledge. I mean, you can't know everything. There's just too much, but you know, the, yeah, that's like always a scary a... thing. Like if you want to reference star Wars, like a GI Joe collector who doesn't collect star Wars might sell a double telescoping Luke for a hundred bucks. Right. Cause they don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm always terrified of that. Right. So you can't, you can't know that about everything, but like um, we got in <clears throat> one of the first huge lots we got was a turtles lot. It, it was luckily it was all mint on card so we knew it was all legit and like all the pieces and parts were there but man turtles has some like really obscure variations um that can that are that are like a dt luke i mean obviously like the price isn't there but you know i mean it could be 20 dollars for just the normal one and then you know 200 for the this like very obscure colored uh variation so um it's it's been kind of nice like like you know we can each kind of take on um kind of our own genres and, and vintage toys. And obviously we both know star Wars really well. And like star Wars is always going to be our bread and butter, but. Um, yeah. Motu and turtles. I kind of definitely rely on Justin to know what's going on. <laughs> I just but, get frustrated with GI Joe. So I let Jason handle that. There's way too many damn accessories, man. It, 
you're you're not you're not wrong (laughs) do you guys think that joe is kind of the reason joe's kind of coming to the forefront is because all the star wars collectors have finished their collections and they're just looking for the next thing i would say it's it's a combination of that and then the fact that star wars is just getting so expensive you know joe joe's another another easy avenue to kind of to kind of get in and and joe prices are i mean they're rising too but nothing like star wars star wars is just crazy i mean i completed my loose run like in the 90s like so i mean i mean you could do the whole thing for like under a grand you know like now there's like certain figures that are almost selling for a thousand i mean when i don't know like the weapons and stuff it's just it's just crazy now so so i mean yeah i think i think joe just i think that's why most other toy lines are i think just star wars has gone too crazy i think people are kind of kind of branching out hoping that star wars will cool a little bit before they uh try to finish off well that joe's got those new lines that have yep. been out the past year or two yeah. and i wonder if those lines coming out is kind of like sparked other people like oh the old joe stuff so right they yeah look i mean the pandemic has really changed like collecting in general too right people have been sitting at home with nothing but time on their hands the vacations canceled and yada 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 and, you know so they've just had money burning a hole in their pocket and what's better than you know some some good old-fashioned nostalgia right oh, Take yeah. you right. Back to simpler <laughs> time <laughs> um so yeah just to kind of match what jason was saying i was thinking the six inch stuff people look at that for gi joe and they say that's not what i want i want the stuff that i had when i was a kid and they'd you know call you guys up for those joes I think you're seeing a lot too, pandemic wise. And yeah, like, yes, yeah, so people see that six inch Joe in the store and they are reminded of um, the toys they had. And then they want their kids to experience those to- exact same toys, you know, not like, not just Joe in general or not just Star Wars in general. Like, they want their kids to play with the same vintage three and three quarter Star Wars toys they did. Um, or maybe they don't let them play with them, but they, right. buy them and <laughs> they can check them out, you know, and look at them. Um, or I mean, I mean, you see it too. I mean, like beater stuff sells really well too. Like it's not just like perfect off the card, you know, whatever original Luke's like, I mean, it's the people like the beater stuff too. It'll move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of what, well, that, yeah, that's sort of my wife's forte. She's like, I'd rather have a flea market find than a, a mint, whatever, you know? So I could definitely see the, the lore of the beater stuff. Yeah. Do you guys do uh, uh, transformer stuff? We have, we do. Do um, they sell well? They have. We don't like what we got that big transformers GI Joe lot the year before last, I guess. Yeah, right at the yeah. beginning, and like that transformer stuff is long gone. I mean, a um, lot of it. It was really nice though. Like, I mean, it was. It wasn't sealed, but it was childhood collection but like a meticulous child like all the inserts were perfect um it had every little part and piece and instruction manual and the boxes were in great shape and um yeah i mean so i, I guess what i'm trying to say was it was like higher end stuff and i mean it moved pretty dang quick i mean we had like people fighting over it you know nice. like we probably could have gotten more <laughs> and we had we held out yeah um, but that's there isn't it. I wouldn't say there's a lot of 70s and 80s stuff that we're not into, but. right? 
I mean, I think one thing we kind of do focus on a little bit more, and I think something we kind of been known for is just buying higher end collections and stuff, you know, or Mm. like the nicer stuff, like going after mint on card collections. I mean, we've had a handful of customers that have maybe not gotten out of the hobby, but like maybe they started a side focus, let's say on transformers and they bought a bunch of stuff from us. And then, you know, a year later, they're like, eh, I don't really, it's not really for me. And they'll sell it back to us. Um, (laughs) it's, It's happened. Um, you know, but I think we definitely try to go after, um, you know, maybe collectors that are getting out of the hobby or changing focuses or just, you know, try to track down like the whales of collections, you know, just the really, really nice stuff. So um, I think when you're dealing in higher and stuff like that or, or, or nicer examples, um, you know, it tends to sell quicker, right? Because there's always a market for for the, the top of the line kind of stuff. So uh, have you have guys... Have you guys seen people trying to a lot of people trying to get out of Star Wars because it's so high right now and you know it's it strike while the iron's hot type thing? Mm, I haven't really noticed that, Jason. I don't know if anybody's approached you, but not not no, I can't no. Yeah, I not necessarily get out. I mean, because people do realize like if they're gonna sell to us, like we're not gonna give them a hundred percent of market value. Like there has to be something for us, you know, there's a reason why we're doing it. Right. You know, and there, oh, you yeah. know, it is, to, it's, <laughs> it's to, to make money or to trade up or, or whatever, you know? So, um, um, haven't had any, I mean, I think I, I said it earlier, the, the bigger thing is because Star Wars is so hot, you get people that have like star Wars Pez dispensers from the nineties and they're like, mm, give me like five grand. And I'm like, dude, okay, stop. <laughs> like just, just, just take two steps back, you know, like, um, like, but I saw on eBay and I'm like, dude, I could take lawn clippings from my front yard and try to sell them for 10 grand. That doesn't mean they're worth 10 grand. Like, you know, and then you got to go down the rabbit hole of explaining how eBay works and free market and <laughs> all kinds of stuff to people. But, um, I think you see more of that just like with how popular Star Wars is. It's people think they have a gold mine just because it has the logo on it. Right. Yeah, that's the worst when somebody's trying to show you something on eBay and they're like, well, it's on set, you know, it, it's $10,000. And you got, you got to look at the completed listings, you know, that just because yeah, somebody yeah, wants $10,000. Oh, yeah. I mean, even today, just just today, I got three different phone calls about Beanie Babies. I'm like, we don't. Oh, my do God. That. We don't do that. Like, <laughs> no. They're like, well, could you just give me a price evaluation? I'm like, how much did you pay for them? She's like, well, I bought them in store new. And I'm like, okay, they're not worth that much. <laughs> <laughs> harsh realities yeah i'm like yeah you know i mean i'm i'm honestly i'm I'm not that harsh with people i'm kind of just playing it up for the podcast but i mean i mean you do kind of have to like let people down like some people think they're gonna like retire like you know or they're like i'm gonna put my kid through college with this beanie baby collection i'm like you're not like (laughs) not gonna buy your kid a textbook with the beanie baby collection like (laughs) um that's rough but so but yeah, I mean, I guess, Glenn, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody trying to like fully capitalize to get out. I think people would know, like if they, you know, top of the market that, that to do that, they're going to have to put in the effort. They're going to have to list on eBay or list in the Facebook groups and start moving stuff. But um, definitely have seen an influx of people thinking they've struck gold with, you know, Bendums or Power of the Force. Oh, the Power of the Force 2 is like constant. No, they're vintage. Okay, I get it. They're old, but like, no, that's not. It's diff. It's different. That's a whole. You could have a whole podcast about that. I think. But that's yeah. we're planning on having a whole podcast about that. That's what something we're we're getting ready to get into. Is is yeah. People have been talking about it a bit. 
I think yeah. it just, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys handle that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ways that could go. Right. That's funny. Uh, what do you guys love about buying and selling toys? Jason, I know my answer. I'm going to let you talk though, because I've been talking a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I started out with like, oh, I'm just going to get the uh, the ones that uh, were my that I had when I was a kid. Of course, I've gotten all those and uh, I'm just going to collect these figures that I liked them in the cartoon when I was a kid. And now I'm trying to get all of those. Um, so I don't know. I like the fact of being able to grow my collection. Um and I like trading with people too. So that's, I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff I like about buying and selling. Um, I have to echo kind of what Jason said. I mean, we are both like heavy collectors at heart, you know, like it's not, it's, this isn't just a business for us. It's not, it's not really even about making money. It's about, I mean, we, we do like to turn a profit because then we take that profit and we go buy more toys for our collection, you know? Um, it's uh for me it's the thrill of the hunt though like so this all kind of came about because i mean like you're out there hunting for yourself for your personal collection and like for years i was turning down gi joe stuff and transformer stuff and turtle stuff because like i was like oh well it's not star wars i don't like why why would i buy that and then it was like man that's just worth a lot of money like (laughs) i should have bought that and sold it and bought star Wars with that money. You know what I mean? So it's like, you're already out there doing all this hunting. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, deal with it too, or, you know, have done it too. Like just start looking at all the stuff you're passing on. And I'm like, man, I'm spending hours and hours and hours a month, you know, tracking down estate sales and garage sales and hitting up flea markets, you know, when I'm on vacation and like, like I should at least like, you know, let my collecting habit, hopefully work for me and that's kind of where it's been and there's nothing better than the thrill of the hunt tracking down a huge deal and negotiating and i don't know just that feeling you get when you finally lock it down and then i don't know man that's that's some of the the most fun and and i mean for me it's like uh with the land of Vintage toys we can just keep buying and buying and buying because we buy it and then we move it into somebody else's collection you know we put that piece where it goes on display forever somewhere else and then we can just buy more stuff <laughs> it's, it's fun yeah, it kind of sounds like it's the process. It's the buying and selling, but it's also meeting people, making trades, making connections. It's it's the process of the, the entire process that you guys connect with. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely love the I definitely love the hunting part of it too, and I like the curating part of it too. Like when I'm when I'm at the antique mall, like setting things up. It's like sometimes I'll get done and I'll just stand there and I'll feel like I'm standing there for like hours, and I'm just like. Oh. Cause I mean, there's my childhood that I'm just <laughs> getting lost in, but that Jason said curating. And that is a big thing that um, I don't think we talk about or ever bring up much, but like, you know, like there, you guys, we're all collectors, right? Like there's not always something that's out there that like you want to add to your collection, you know? So you might hunt and hunt and hunt for months and months and months without adding a piece. Glenn, you're still hunting that freaking galactic heroes prototype you know that might not even exist but like you could be hunting that forever um and doing atlanta vintage toys like you know jason will set up the booth and he'll send me a photo and he's like man you know what we need here we need some more transformers or whatever and then i'm like boom all right well that's what we're hunting you know like 
He's like, this would look really good in the case. Or like, I went on a garbage pill kick, garbage pill kids kick. And, you know, I was like tracking all that kind of stuff down. <clears throat> and we, we curated like a really nice, like, I think we had like, there's 15 series in that run. And I think we had like 11 or 12 of them tracked down and, you know, on display in our booth. So it's like, we really do try to curate our booth to look like a museum quality, like display and collection. Like we almost always try to keep not the last 17, cause those are just hard to track down. But other than the last 17, we always try to have at least one of every vintage star Wars figure complete, like near mint to mint condition for sale. So you know, somebody's walking in there, they can always pick it up. So that's another fun part. Like it gives me something to hunt that might not be adding to my personal collection, but it's, you know, it looks good for the booth. Yeah. We're and, very and much about the appearance of our booth. Your booth is, if I was a dealer in that antique mall, I'd be scared of your booth, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah thank been you. In- we worked really hard. I mean, we worked really hard on it. Jason works tremendously hard on it. Um, he spent a lot of Saturdays down there. So is it every Saturday, Jason, that you go down there? How often do you have to restock things? Do you like call Justin and say, hey, we're out of, I don't know, turtles. Can we get some more turtles? How does that whole process work? Uh, well, I, uh, it depends. I mean, I, I have Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays that I will generally go there. Or those are days that I can go there. Some days I go all three of those days just because I want to know what's going on. I want to know what's sold, what the things look like. Um, but yeah, uh, like you were just saying, if I notice like, um, well, just to use the example that you used, like if we're low on turtle stuff and I know Justin has some stuff at his house, be like, Hey, we need to do a little meetup so I can pick this stuff up. Mm. Um, Cause we both like even like expanding from one case to a 10 by 12 spot uh, there for a while, we might've eliminated some of the stuff that we both store at it, my house and his house. Um, but now I think things are starting to get like, uh, got a pretty good bit amount of stuff at home again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But not a bad thing. Uh, we've definitely i feel like we've definitely been growing we're i think we got our two-year anniversary birthday coming up here in a month um yeah we've been doing real well i mean wasn't it jason like december was our best month ever and then we like beat that in january and like almost beat that again in february so like we've uh i I mean i'm not i'm not 100 sure what to attribute that to but i mean things have definitely been been on the up and up for sure at least like on the at both both at the booth and with online sales so it's it's been good yeah well we definitely were we were kind of hoping that uh moving up at the antique mall as far as space wise would kind of springboard things and so far it seems like it seems to be doing what we wanted <laughs> and and for people listening to describe the booth when you first walk into this building it's long it's kind of like what is it? Aluminum. It's got an arched ceiling. And it's you like know an airport it's, hangar. I mean, it's yeah. not as big as an airport hangar, but yeah, it's just like one of those big metal buildings. Yep. And when you walk in, you can see that Millennium Falcon that you got from Toys R Us hanging, you know, exactly where your booth is. And it's like, that's the gold right there. <laughs> yeah. And we were lucky enough. One of our friends here, um, here in town um, was having to move 
and had four like really really nice all glass display cases and what did he give us jason like 24 or 48 hours or something he was like wow he was like you can have them but you have to come get them in like two days or within right. two days <laughs> and so we worked it out and uh man that was that was terrifying driving with those things in the back of our truck um, <laughs> did you guys build walls for the displays too yeah my buddy kane locally he's also in our club um he does construction as yeah those those walls were huge and like that was all like jason's thoughts and like his idea and plan and design and stuff and uh it just so happened i don't know glenn I, jason i know you've been glenn have you been down to our booth or have you just seen all the stuff we post online i've just seen it online i haven't been to it yet you need you need to get down there and like so so it just so happened that our booth on either side of us um they were consignment booths so like the the antique mall still owned the booth and like other dealers could just draw like they normally use like furniture and stuff like that like bigger pieces you could just like consign stuff so so uh jason was like well i'm gonna put slat walls on the outside so like he built these walls to like wall us in and he put slat walls on the outside of it so it like i mean it like expanded our you know our display space like exponentially and uh that's where we do all the moderns like all the moderns on the outside of the slat walls and when i say modern i mean most of our stuff's like like power of the force 2 era um older like lord of the rings lines like like things like that like we don't it's very rare you'll come to our booth and you'll ever see anything that's like at retail or near retail. Like we're not, we don't go out to targets and like buy up all the stock or the cases or anything like that. I mean, we will help. I mean, I think Jason actually helps, helps you guys out with some, some stuff recently, but um, you know, he'll help out like members in the club, but like, yeah, we don't go out and like buy the new stuff and then just turn around and try to resell it. It's if it's modern, like it's rare that we have anything after the year 2000. But, uh, but yeah, so it's pretty cool. So like on the outside is all the, the, the more modern stuff. And then like the four glass display cases are all like vintage. So it's a cool spot. Glenn, you got to get down there. It looks, that booth looks amazing. Well, Thanks. Thank yeah. Yeah. It just sucks that everything's so far away. Like to get to the South side of, of Atlanta from where we are, it's like an hour and a half. It feels like it's a, a weekend trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same thing, like, for me, because, like, I'm up northeast. Like, there is no easy way to get over to, like, Marietta, Kennesaw, that yeah. whole, like, side of town. There's just, like, not an easy way. And, like, even on the weekend, it's, like, especially during baseball season. Like, you might as well just forget it. Like, yeah. going anywhere near, like, 285 is just a nightmare. Um, yeah, like, so once we – when we first started the whole idea of Atlanta Vintage Toys, we actually had two locations. Like, Jason had always liked that Peddler's location down south, and I had a location up here just a little north of me. And our thought process was we were actually going to get some – we were going to try to expand to, like, three to four locations. Um, and the Peddler's place just, like, really blew up. Like, it was, it was doing, like, ten times the sales of our second location. And we were, like – because we thought about going up into, like, the Marietta area. We'd, like – gone and scouted some antique malls we like the antique mall idea um just because of very low overhead because we felt like we always wanted to be like a heavily online business and um yeah peddlers just did really well and we think it's if you guys didn't know on the weekends they have a massive like four football field size parking lot in front of peddlers and on the weekend it's like a a an outdoor flea market so like dealers can come set up for like five bucks and they can like have a, sp a space. So like 
on the weekends, that place is crazy. Like it's open during the week, or I guess it's not seven days. I think they're closed Wednesday. But yeah, other think- than that, they're, I mean, they're open every day, like nine to six or whatever, or I think it's 10 to six. But then on the weekend, yeah, like you can go on Saturday. And I mean, there's like, you know, 200 dealers out there, you know, and it's, and it's like flea market style. So it's like, you know, could be anything. Um, so we kind of really like that aspect. And, and, and I don't know if you've guys been to Pendergrass lately, but it's oh, kind of like what Pendergrass used to be. Pendergrass now is terrible. <laughs> it really is. I, I, it, they did. It's real bad, but like, it's like that kind of vibe, you know, but it's better. Like it's like almost all the people that used to go to Pentagrass don't go there anymore, and they go down to Peddlers. What's, what's Pentagrass? That's the. Have you seen the big uh, cow billboards? They might have changed the name now, but it, you see the uh, up eighty five. It was the. It was considered like what the largest flea market in the southeast or something, mm. and it used to be amazing, and like now it's all like junky cell phone accessories and like crap like that. Right, and everything repeats. Every, like, fifth booth is the same stuff. Yeah, it's like a dude selling socks, and then, like, 20 feet away, there's, like, another guy selling socks. And, like, it's just, like, junky stuff like that. But it used to be, like, amazing. It used to be, like, one of the best places to go pick on the weekends. But So, so yeah, Glenn, if you didn't know that, that's worth the trip sometime. Um, Go down there on the – I'm pretty sure they do it every Saturday, but, like, if it's, like, going to rain or whatever, they'll cancel it, so you can just, like, check out Peddler's website. But Mm -hmm. I know that's why – Jason was really high on that spot. And like, I think that's why our sales are always so good. Cause on the week, I think most of our sales come from the weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty good. Was there ever a toy or an opportunity that got away from you that you're regretting? I mean, you kind of mentioned before, like you had opportunity to buy turtles and, and masters of the universe way back when you chose not to get that. But was there like one specific item that you're kicking yourself that you never got? Typically, if somebody approached me with a sale like this, I would just come, I would just back away immediately. But they were basically blind bidding, <clears throat> so the collection was actually in Georgia. Um, it it came from the Northeast. It was a this woman who had unfortunately passed away was uh, she was she loved turtles like the animal. She had like twelve of them at her home. Like I I just kept imagining like a crazy cat lady, but she was a crazy turtle lady. And, and her, so for her love of turtles, it made her buy Ninja Turtle stuff in starting in 88 when they were at like KB Toys. And like, from what we can tell, she wasn't necessarily a fan of the cartoon or the comic or even really cared about the toys. She just loved turtles so much. Like apparently her whole house was covered in turtle artwork and whatever. So she would go to KB Toys and buy the toys on clearance. And she had all of them like from 88 all the way through to like the really really rare stuff which i call it the cartoon card back but like i'm sure you guys have heard of like hot spot and scratch like the two rarest um production turtles uh out there and she had like a handful of each of them oh my god but yeah wow. yeah and so this guy approached us and, and i mean he had, it said it he said it took him 4 months to catalog the whole thing full spreadsheets, a photo of every single item in the collection. And um, it was a blind bid process. Like, and normally I would just completely walk away, but the collection was immaculate. It was like almost two of everything on card and then one open loose example, but it like she had sliced the bubbles off the card backs and the card backs were still perfect. And she had those like insane. Um, 
Yeah. And I mean, I have no idea what the collection sold for. Um, we didn't win. Uh, apparently we were in the ballpark, but, um, we, we had like the, the, the upper hand as in like, we could just go pick it up. So she was from the Northeast, but this was like the person she entrusted with her estate when she, when she passed mm-hmm. and he lived down here. So he went up there and got it all. And, uh, it was apparently a lot more than just, than just Ninja Turtle stuff. But, um, that's always going to be the one that got away. I never got to see it in person. Um, I still have the emails with like all the photos and stuff and I'll look at them from time to time. That <laughs> about it. I'm back. Um, yeah, we're good. Right. So anyway, sorry guys. Zoom like really effed us over because when me and Jason do this thing, it it never kicks us off. But apparently, it didn't like the fact that I had four people on Zoom, and I've never had this issue before. And Zoom is just being being a butt. So uh, we're we're starting back over again. So uh, check check. Yep, there's Jason, Justin, Justin. So you were saying about the lady with all the uh, turtles, turtle stuff. That was the one that got away. The one yeah, that yeah, that's always gonna be the one that got away. I still have the email. I still have the picture saved on my computer. I'll look at it from time to time. I mean, it was just, it was an insane collection, and I don't know who bought it. It there's, I, I'd be very surprised if a collector was able to pick it up. I mean, it's possible. I think they reached out to people all across the country, though. Uh, I no telling. I mean, I, I feel like I could spot it if it ever pops up uh, mm. from a dealer because they're just gonna have one of the most amazing collections for sale. So, um. That'll always be the one that got away from me, I think, probably forever, because I don't think I'll ever let a collection like that pass pass by again. Uh, Jason, do you have anything like that? Well, for me, it was probably that G.I. Joe lot from, I don't know, six months ago, maybe. Uh, it was in South Carolina. I think uh, it was a Facebook marketplace thing, and late uh the couple had like a bunch of stuff like still with the boxes blueprints everything like it was really nice stuff and i guess they had somebody come out coming over to evaluate the thing for them and they ended up not selling it at least to me um i don't know that that really sucked (laughs) it was a really awesome collection but yeah, we've, we've definitely had a few like that where we'll put in a lot of legwork and like somebody will just kind of come in and swoop it up. And we try to tell people, you know, to be wary. Um, there's a lot of people out there that'll kind of do whatever it takes, you know, offer up a whole bunch of money. And then when you get there in person, they're like, mm, never mind. Like we've had it happen on multiple occasions, um, you know, and they'll end up getting less money than what we offered them, but they, they just kind of get backed into a situation. So, um, but it happens, you know, comes with the territory. And there's a lot of people like, you know, Jason and I, this is not our, our sole livelihood, right? You know, there's some people that that eat and sleep based off of the toys they sell. So we're fortunate that it's, you know, for now, just a hobby. Say so you call 10 people. How many of those 10 people are going to actually come through? Like if, like if we know of 10 people selling stuff? Yeah, like, you know, you got 10 people that contact you and are like, hey, you know, and then how many of those, how many deals actually come out of that 10? Yeah, I mean, I kind of see what you're trying to get at. Like if it's, if it's t- let's say it's 10 collections that we're interested in, not mm-hmm. like 10 people that have Beanie Babies for sale. Right, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like 10, 10 collections of stuff that people, like that we legitimately are interested in purchasing, I mean, I'd say, I don't know, Jason, what do you, I mean, we're probably batting 500. Okay. Oh yeah, a good number there. But I was thinking more along the lines is like, okay, 10 of them, eight of them are going to be the beanie baby people 
yeah. okay yeah out of just t- any like you know in, in a given week typically 10 phone calls it's like eight beanie babies one power of the force two collection that they want a hundred dollars a piece for and then like maybe one decent lead okay so you're batting you're batting basically whatever i had somebody tell me they were like 90 percent of my work is just wasted because it's it, you're you're tracing ghost or it's junk or you know so yeah but like once it's yeah once it's something we're we're interested in i mean because we always are stressing like anytime we're like hey we buy old toys send us a picture you know because like most of the time people you know i mean that's why they're selling it a lot of the time they don't know what they have or it was from their childhood they don't remember or care you know but um, right you know um but yeah i mean like if if, if we're have an idea or seen pictures and we're interested. I mean, we're probably batting 50%. I mean, we will, we'll go pretty aggressively against, uh, after stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just cause, cause the Atlanta minutes toys phone number just comes to my, my cell phone. So like, I mean, I've got, I've got my, my other businesses, like, you know, I get my phone calls there. So, you know, I don't always know when it's somebody calling about toys and <laughs> it's just funny. Some of the people that call like, <laughs> What about Beanie Babies? I'm like, ah, <laughs> no. Yeah, you get that. Hey, man, are you good? You guys buy toys? Yeah. What, what do you got? I've oh, got about a thousand Beanie Babies. Seriously, man. I mean, it <laughs> happens. Like I said, like today alone, I had like three phone calls about it. And I mean, oh, my a lot of people collect it, but like, uh, I think maybe just because we're in the South, um, get a lot of like uh, metal cars, like w- whether it's like, like, I mean, a lot of people collect like Hot Wheels and Matchbox, but I'm, I, from the sound of it, it's like the older, like, you know, like the larger scale, like. Like the tin ones? Yeah, like t- tin toys. There you go. Yeah, not metal. Like, yeah, the tin toy stuff. And I'm like, I know, I mean, I'm sure there's a market out there. You know, one thing we don't get a lot of, which I'm very surprised, maybe because we are in the South and everybody just keeps it. Because um, people are always asking if we have it, but we never get offered any is wrestling figures. Um, huh. So um, yeah, everyone's we, keeping we it because this is the one collection. We got offered one collection, and I was like, and it was like very early on in Atlanta Vintage Toys, and it was like two hundred carded LJN wrestling figures. Oh, wow. Some guy that's local, and uh, but I mean, he was a collector and he knew what they were worth, and he wanted like ninety percent of market. And I was like, these are never gonna sell. Like, we would sit on those for five years, you know. And like since then, I'm like, man, maybe I should have approached that because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I feel like we could have sold a lot of that. Uh, there are definitely wrestling collectors out there yeah we've gotten some of the lots of like the the hasbro like the more like the early 90s stuff and like yeah we'll put them in the case and they're gone like instantly oh wow so it's a weird one i mean i guess i don't know i used to watch wrestling when i was a kid so like i'm familiar with you know right a lot of the a lot of the people but um yeah it's it's funny funny how collected it is i mean i guess it's not funny but you know not something I was completely aware of until we started doing this. So talking Star Wars here and vintage stuff, what uh, at the booth, what what stuff is flying off the shelves? Like, you know, Farm Boy Luca here is, is a hot one right now. Is, is that what you guys are experiencing? Yeah. Man. What? Uh, I was, I, I'm just kind of surprised at some of the stuff that's been selling a lot lately. Like, we recently put up like a bunch of like episode one saga micro machines. Um, Jason, and- you, <laughs> I don't know what you did with micro machines, but we put out like, I don't know, 80 pieces and they were all gone in like a weekend. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> We've got a further reach than you realize, Jason. Yeah, apparently, oh. I got some competition. <laughs> if anyone's listening, micro machines suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think because they're they're reasonably priced. Because I'm seeing yeah. you know sealed boxes go for like 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering. Ever, if- to be fair, I think we offered it the whole. We showed the whole run of them to Jason before we put them out. So yeah. he definitely did have his pick before they went. Yeah, I had all of them. <laughs> but I wonder if it's also a case of, you know, Star Wars vintage stuff is it's it's locking people out. Like the cost of some of that stuff is so expensive. It's like what else of Star Wars is out there that's more affordable? Well, Micro Machines is a great entry point. I think yeah. that's a good yeah. point, Jason. Yeah, and I still think it's I still think it's um you know the the age factor, right? I mean, episode 1 was yeah. 20 years ago. If you were an 8-year-old when you saw it in theater, it was the first Star Wars movie you'd ever seen. Now you're 28, you, you know, potentially have, you know, a very stable job with you might not be married or have kids yet and you've got, you know, extra income. Like it's you're you're that perfect age range to like go back and and relive part of your childhood. And Star Wars is you know, as popular as it's ever been. So um, that's another reason to go back on to early on in the conversation about uh, not being solely completely vintage um, with the modern stuff, not excluding any collectors, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always thought I've I've thought for a couple of years now that that the people that saw the prequels in the theater they're getting to that range and they're getting to where they have the disposable income and that stuff's getting ready to get hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they made a ton of it though, but right. like, but I mean, we we we've seen like, um, I guess Jason, you did ask vintage, so but we kind of skewed away from that. No, but, go ahead. But but like, um, you know, the the carded like the power of the force two era episode one red cards like the the, you know that that stuff they just made so much of it and like the attack of the clones and like that kind of stuff but it's like the vehicles and like the little boxed play sets and stuff like that that like people didn't pick up back then i guess Mm -hmm. or maybe everybody that picked it up picked it up to to open it you know um because i mean i I don't know what you guys were doing for you know during power of the force two but like yeah you'd buy all the three and three quarter figures because they were easy to store and hold on to sealed or you know unopened mid on card but i mean you start buying all the vehicles in place that's like that starts taking up a lot of space so i I think we've seen that stuff is like it seems to move really quick like like the episode one pod racers and stuff like i mean not that they're you know hundreds of dollars or anything but like when you get them in they just they go quick Mm. so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we're hitting that 20 year rule with those prequel movies where 20 years later, kids are starting to buy the things from their childhood. Yeah, exactly. So that falls into that, that category. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, vintage to, you know, pull, pull vintage stuff into this. I mean, the three and a quarter complete action figures sell. And like, I mean, we've got, you know, Jason, how many, how many do you, would you say we average in our booth star Wars? Because for a while we were only putting one of each figure, but now you've started just like army building them in there, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that has helped uh, cut down on some of our storages at home. So if I got complete figures, I just go ahead and put them all in the case. Um, but yeah, there are definitely more than a handful of figures that we have at least six six of them complete in the case. 
Yeah. I mean, I would say we probably average like 150 loose figures, Star Wars, at any given time. Um, and again, yeah, yeah. last 17, I mean, like when that comes in, it's it, most of the time that never makes it to the case. We'll sell that online. Right. We'll have a client right. or something that wants it. Um, and or we might find a pop up part two and it's sold within five minutes in the parking lot of where we bought it. Wow. That's happened. <laughs> wow. That happened. You're welcome, Blake. <laughs> um yeah so but i mean but like last 12 stuff you know i mean we've we've got gosh probably i don't know four or five of almost all of those complete except for luke <laughs> is, is say if we had a bunch of his sabers we'd be golden we probably got a dozen nice figures it's just the same right. that you can't find and we we strive like i mean that's our thing for especially for vintage we try to have you know stuff in the case that's complete working i mean that goes for ships all that stuff you know we try to put out the nice stuff and like if we've got a you know if we've got to work on a motor for a vintage vehicle or something we'll try to do that before we put it out um no reproduction stuff at all that, that even goes all the way down to ships i mean i know that's kind of a point of contention with some people about you know reapplying stickers and stuff like that we don't do any of that um i mean we'll clean stuff you know get, bust out the q-tip and all that but um we don't bleach anything. Don't do any of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, 125, 150 loose, complete Star Wars figures at any given moment um, is kind of the goal. And uh, that's, I mean, for it still sells really well. And I would say, I would say probably the Empire stuff is probably moving a lot better than anything just because of the price point of it. You know, the first 12 is pretty expensive. Last 17 is bananas. Mm-hmm. Um but the 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 Empire stuff seems to do pretty well. Hoth specifically. What about Return of the Jedi? Because that kind of falls into that Empire between the the last seventeen and the first twelve. Yeah, I don't know those. I don't know. Jason might speak to it more. I, it seems to me that Jason's all. I mean, Boba Fett is always selling well too. But, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like he's always because like because Jason said you know he's got all of any anytime he gets a collection. So like, I mean, we, we're both hunting, right? And like, so if the collection's closer to me, like I'll be the one to go pick it up. Well, the stuff I get normally gets stored away here. It doesn't go straight into the booth. So, I mean, I've got tubs of loose vintage that's not on display. And so Jason, when he's there, he'll hit me up and he'll be like, hey man, we need this, this, and this. And it just, to me, it seems like it's constantly off stuff for some reason. Mm. Um, maybe we did see a little spike in like Jabba stuff, you know, around the time of the barge and whatnot. We yeah. did pretty we did pretty good with like uh Mandalorian character figure, you know, like Jawas and IG eighty eights and stuff like that around yeah. the, the Mandalorian. But um, I don't know. To me, in, in my head, it just seems like Hoth is is moving. I, I think because like the I mean, other than the Leia, just because of her blaster, the two Leias, I mean, the rest of it hasn't moved a whole lot, I don't think, you know, price-wise. So I think it's still pretty approachable. Cloud car pilots and mm, let's see, what else? snow troopers those go up just because of their accessories but the rest of it's pretty approachable still has there uh, ever been anything that you guys bought and just couldn't put in the case you had to keep it for yourself we have these oh, arguments totally. all the time <laughs> <laughs> what was the last argument about Ooh, i don't remember but I don't remember what Jason wanted, but Jason really, really wanted something out of a collection. And I was like, fine, just give me the boxed um, troop transport. 
I was like, because it's the variation I don't have. <laughs> and so like I just settled, but I was like, if you're keeping something, I'm keeping something. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's part of it, right? Like we're I mean, we're collectors at heart. So it's right, like, you know. You can get like I can get as excited as I want about Ninja Turtles, but like I played with them as a kid, but like I don't have space to collect that stuff, you know. But like when you're buying a Star Wars collection, I mean, you know, stuff pops out. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I need that. I don't know, Jason. What do you? What do you? Is there something off the top of your head that? I mean, we both do it a lot. Want to keep stuff? Yeah, it, it's funny because we'll like negotiate the price of the collect, you know, because we're like, all right, well, what do you want to offer him? And like, okay, well, I think we'll, you know, start here, but like, this is probably the high end. And then, and then once we make the deal, is when it's like, all right, well, what did you want to keep? Oh, I kind of right, want right. this. Well, what did you want to keep? Oh, I kind of wanted that and that. Like, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, I got to keep a transformer out of that one lot, and there, there was that one time like in the beginning i got that sand crawler oh that was probably the biggest thing we've ever one of us has oh, ever wow. kept was that working sand crawler did it have a box yeah. too i don't know no no box no ladder. remote control uh, yeah okay yeah yeah that was one of the bigger pieces um at least star wars wise that was definitely probably the biggest piece that either either of us have, had ever kept from one of the collections we bought mm-hmm. but i mean there have been um actually i think was it that sand crawler lot like I kept like a 20 back power droid. I guess it was a 21 back min on card, but I mean like beater, like the card was folded in half, but I didn't have an example. So um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of cool stuff. Sometimes it's just hard to let go of stuff. Um, we picked up a huge modern prototype collection and man, we both kept a ton of stuff from that. I think since we've, we've sold a lot of it on, but I mean, we picked up like almost 200 modern prototypes in one lot. Oh, wow. And um that was hard to like let go of any of it. It was just like <laughs> we spent all this money and like I, I got them shipped to me and I got them all out and like had them out on the kitchen table and I sent Jason a photo. I was like, dude, I don't think I could sell them. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't think I got let any go. Um, but I mean, we definitely like we kept all the like you know there there were duplicates of quite a bit of it. So like uh, you know Leia's we split up evenly. I took some hot you know I mean we. And I think there's still stuff in both of our collections from that lot, but we've moved a lot of it on since. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's part of the fun of this, right? I mean, we're, we're both still collectors. So like, you know, it's, it's, all, oh, totally. it's all about adding to your collection. It's, yeah, it is definitely difficult sometimes, but. <laughs> I kind of want to put Jason on the spot. Jason, have you ever, since, you know, you can't lie under podcast oath, um, (laughs) have you ever put anything in the case and then gone back and taken it out and put it in your collection? I can't say that I have, honestly. (laughs) No? Okay. So it's like, what? yeah, so, okay, that's kind of like, once it's in the case, then it's like, then it's over. But Yeah. yeah. All right. No going back from that. Yeah. No, no. No, I kind of like if if there's something that I want, I'm just gonna be like, I want this. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. but I mean, it's I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's a lot of fun. Again, I mean, I mean it's, you know, it's not like we, we're not living and dying by it, so like we don't have to buy, we don't have to sell everything, you know. Like sometimes we'll sit on stuff for a while. Sometimes we'll put it in our collection and then go, eh, yeah, maybe we move it. You know, I'm very much of the mindset if I can't display it, I should probably just get rid of it. Amen. I try to be. I say that. 
Well, I need more. Said I need, than done. Oh yeah, <laughs> I need more curio cabinets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always the excuse. It's like, oh, no, I'll get to IKEA one of these days. I'll just keep all this stored, and it'll get on display eventually. So, I, def- I definitely have that going on. <laughs> I think we're at an hour here. Uh, what are you guys looking for for your personal collection to kind of wrap things up? Anything you're on the hunt for? Um, me, I still don't have a power of the force emperor with a nice bubble. Um, and I don't have any like legitimate vintage carded Leia stuff yet. Um, and then there's the, uh, the model trim. I don't know if I will ever get that guy. Um, but I think, I think, and then I'm, what am I? I think I'm like, 10 or 11 figures away from the 65 C run. So that's just a handful of things that I need personally. And the 65 C run has the little emperor tag at the bottom, right? The sticker. You are correct. Yes. Good. (laughs) How about you, Justin? For for me, uh, I mean, I've honestly been trying to, um, to scale back the quantity of what I've been buying and, um, and, fo- and focus more on some, like some bigger pieces. So um, I've got my sights set on a couple, um, couple prototype items that, that I'm hopefully going to try to track down this year. Um, got a couple people helping me out. So, so just, yes, yeah, some, some big vintage prototype stuff, um, lofty goal, but um, you know, I've been doing this a long time. 25 plus years buying and selling and trading so um yeah just you know kind of want to you know step the game up go big or go home i guess right yeah. <laughs> working on broke i don't know what are, <laughs> whatever happens I first remember which one whichever <laughs> one happens first yeah i guess so so where can people find you in atlanta vintage toys Facebook or everywhere. Do you mean yeah. social media? Yeah, like or? if people wanted, if people listening and they say, I want to see what they have right now. Yeah, yeah. Just so, go to so Facebook. Just at Atlanta Vintage Toys on Instagram. I believe we have a Twitter as well, but we don't use it. Um, we just kind of wanted to, to, to make sure we got the um, the handle. I think Facebook is the best presence platform, but, whatever. But yeah, f- Facebook is by far the best way to, to um, kind of get in touch with us. You can send us messages. Um, you know, typically how things work, if we, if we buy a collection, um, we do have clients, uh, both here in town and, and, you know, in the U S and stuff, we're trying not to ship abroad right now, just because it's kind of wonky. Um, it's not, not very reliable, but anyway, so typically if we buy a collection, we have like a few really good clients that just constantly are picking stuff up from us. So we'll, we'll reach out to them first. The next stop in the train is that stuff will go onto our Facebook page, at least the nicer stuff. And then um, if it doesn't move there, we might offer it in one of the groups or um, just take it to the booth. So um, Facebook by far the best way. I mean, that's, you're going to get first, first look at stuff, at least, you know, before you, before it reaches the booth at peddlers. So. And I try, I try to keep the page updated fairly frequently with like, Hey, this is what's in the case. Like right now. Um, yeah. Glenn, do you have anything? It just thanks for joining us. Thanks for hey, having thank us, you. guys. Yeah. yeah, man, thanks. This is a great conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like we rambled a lot. Hopefully, we got to some of the things you wanted to discuss. We were just having a conversation, a good one. Yeah. Nice. Learned a little bit. Thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, 
yeah look them up on the on on the facebooks on the interwebs awesome awesome atlanta vintage toys cheers guys cheers 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 Cheers. this is the way (laughs) this is the way (laughs) 